Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of In The Zone. I am Anthony Piniello, joined as always by Giancarlo Alino, Chris Martelli. Episode 140. We got a, we got a few major things to get to today. We're going to kick it off in the NBA though, because we have new champions, the Milwaukee Bucks. First time in over 50 years. They took it home, boys. Giannis putting up some serious fucking numbers. The man's 26 years old. We just talked about him now. He literally, he has everything in his resume already. And he's still got like another 10 years left. Um, most points in a finals closeout game. He's the first player in history to have most improved player. MVP, finals MVP, defensive player of the year. The man's breaking records like crazy. The reverse sweep in the finals. There's a lot of narratives here, so... Chris, I'll just kick it off with you. Did we learn anything new about Giannis after game six? Uh, yeah, a lot of people, they didn't really see him as a clutch score or a clutch performer. Uh, well, he proved it wrong, actually, in two games in this playoffs. Of course, game seven against the Nets when he got like a 49-point triple-double almost. And then this game, you know, getting 14 rebounds alone in this day and age, it doesn't seem that difficult, but it is pretty hard. But the 50 points is ridiculous. I mean, you're going up against, uh, well, the, the best defensive player on Phoenix was supposed to be Aiden. And, uh, you know, he just absolutely ran him over. He was motivated. I had a feeling, too, you know, they were down 2 nothing, And a couple guys that I know from work, they said, yeah, I think Phoenix is taking it this year. I think this is the year of Chris Paul. And I'm just like, you know what? Nah, it's not. You know, but the Bucks beat out Brooklyn. They were the flat-out favorites. And I think Milwaukee has something to prove here. I think they want to go all the way. And it was literally up to Giannis, if you really think about it, because Middleton was doing all he could, and uh, even they were losing some games. So I think at the end of the day, we all knew that it came. If, if Giannis were to perform, they were definitely going to win the chip, and that's exactly what happened. And like you said, at 26 years old, this guy has everything already. If he can get probably another championship or two, he's probably already a top 10 player of all time. Because, man, like what we've seen from him, he doesn't even have a shot. And he's already won a championship. So imagine if this guy starts developing more of a three-pointer, gets a little bit more consistent at the free throw, because we all know we were making fun of him all year with his free throw ability. It was just terrible. So the fact that he beat out Brooklyn, he had that elite game in game seven. And then, like you just said, the most points in a closeout game in history. I mean, this guy really couldn't do any wrong. And a lot of people were giving him flack that he won the MVP, but nah, without Giannis, they're not going to the finals. So, yeah. Yeah, Giannis um, deserved it. When you look at just everything they went through and look at Brooklyn that series and Kevin Durant's foot being a little bit over the line is what really gave them more life because then they go on and win that game. Huge moment for the Bucks. They go on to the East final. They win that against Atlanta and down 2-0 to Phoenix. They had to have a resilient group. They didn't panic. Giannis took over and they won it. So I think there's more questions on Phoenix more than Milwaukee because Phoenix was a top seed. They had everything going. They eliminate LeBron. They eliminate the Clippers in the conference final. So I think there's. More, I think if I'm Phoenix and their fan base, I'm a little bit worried going into the summer. Um, <clears throat> so obviously Giannis deserves all the love in the world, but let's talk about Chris Middleton for a sec. Cause these guys have low key been together for what? Like it's their eighth year, seventh or eighth year. 
he's been um, a borderline all-star most of that time, 20-point score. This guy's a solid player. He's always gotten the questions whether he can perform in the playoffs. He's always kind of – he gets the inconsistency uh, talk a lot. But I think since the Brooklyn series, he's been very consistent. He's closed out a lot of games, and him and Giannis have been unbelievable. So I think Chris Middleton, like, he deserves a lot of love too, man, because it's been those two, and they've just been filling out the roster since. So um, those two from Milwaukee are, are going down as legends. Yeah, Middleton too. Um, in the 2020 year, you know, in the regular season, he averaged, I think, just over 20. It was like 20.8 or something, or 20.4. But what we saw in the playoffs, man, when you improve your points per game by at least three, uh, his rebounds, I think, also went up. The only thing that went down, obviously, were his field goal percentage and three-point percentage, but he was playing about six minutes more in the playoffs. So, yeah, uh, Middleton, as long as he's consistent, he's probably, I won't say an elite number two, but he is a pretty, he's definitely an elite number three. But I think, you know, he's a phenomenal second option on any team in this league, one of the best two, three guards in the whole game. And yeah, we, a lot of people, you know, they give Giannis a lot of, or maybe even all of the credit, most of the credit, but like Middleton, we've been saying for years now, I don't know if he's on that underrated, um, but like in that underrated umbrella anymore now that he's a champion, but a lot of people, they still undervalue him. They still overlook him quite a bit. So I guess I'll ask this now because what we saw from Butler last year was just absolutely phenomenal. What we saw from Giannis and Middleton this year was phenomenal. If you guys are really starting a team, like, are you still taking Butler over Middleton or is now with Middleton getting that championship, is it kind of, is the gap getting a little bit closer there? Uh, tough. I think, uh, man, for me, I think I'd rather have the Jimmy Butler. It's, it's a very good comparison, but like, I think you said it, like Middleton's a solid number two, maybe number three depending on like some of the guys you have. But um, I think you need someone ahead of Middleton. Butler's kind of that guy that's regardless of wherever he goes, he's always relied on in those situations. So I think just for that, I would take Butler, but shit, man, you can go either way, especially after what you just said, he's a champion now. Very big reason why they're champions is Chris Middleton. So that's a great fucking comparison. Yeah, I'll still lean more towards Jimmy Butler because you know what he's going to do to his teammates. He's going to demand that everybody's working hard and he's going to keep everyone accountable, which is something you want. We saw it didn't really work in Minnesota. They didn't gel too well, but then he goes on to Philly. We saw what happened there, but they were one game away uh, if they beat the Raptors that year. Uh, so that was a close series. And now in Miami, like, wolves them onto a final. This year didn't go their way. Maybe going after Oladipo instead of Lowry kind of hurt them. But I still think Jimmy Butler is up there. And I- I'd still rather have him over Middleton. But it's not that far off. I think Middleton deserves still the amount of praise and respect that he's gotten. Yeah, no, like I want to talk quickly more about um, Phoenix too. Like this team, like you said, they were the first seed. They had a lot of stuff going for them. Devin Booker, you know, he he came to play majority of the playoffs, but like, man, game six, 19 points, that can't happen. Chris Paul actually showed out uh, in game six. I think he had the most, 26 points, but Game five and game four were not kind to Chris Paul. I think he had a combined 17 turnovers in those two games alone. What do you think went wrong 
for a guy, for a guy like Chris Paul and Devin Booker? Do you think it was the defense? Do you think it was just the momentum swing, or do you think it was just nerves, maybe? Take it, buddy. Is that for middle, uh, like Middleton going up against who's he playing? Uh, Booker on Phoenix, or like who is his matchup usually in the playoffs? Did they go Tucker on him, or was it Booker throughout the whole thing? Uh, for the most part, they had Holiday, I think, on Paul, and then they had I think Middleton on Booker. Yeah, like if you're Booker, I it's their first year, but going on that run, you did beat LeBron and the Lakers. You did go on. You had a matchup with Paul George, so. In that moment, maybe like some of it has to. You have to be critical a little bit on Booker, but he was playing like unbelievable, putting up all those numbers. And I think it's still tough just because it's their first playoff run. Like I know Chris Paul uh, was relied on a lot, but if you're Phoenix, I still think it's more of a building year for Paul. It's like a missed opportunity, so I think he's going to have more questions going into the offseason than guys like Booker, Aiden, just because they exceeded all expectations this year. In, in terms of game four and five with Chris Paul, honestly, I don't have a fucking clue because that man doesn't really turn the ball over, and it was like watching a whole new different player. But, Chris, I think it's a combination of everything, like the momentum swing. Like, I think the Bucks, it was just their time. I remember we briefly talked about it because we gave our predictions before the series, but at the time, it was if Giannis doesn't play. Do you guys remember that? And we all still said that we think the Bucks have enough to pull through. So I just think Giannis was such a big difference maker and getting a guy like Drew Holiday, who we haven't talked about yet, also really pushed them over the edge. So I don't think it's, you know, Booker and Paul were amazing for most of the time. I don't think they could have done anything more. Uh, I, just, I just think they got bested. What do you think is going to happen now with Chris Paul? I know we saw last year he was on OKC. He did this miraculous run with them, fourth seed, go out. They beat out, they beat out, yeah, they beat out Houston last year and then they lose to LeBron. And then this year they go all the way. A similar run, actually, but Chris Paul even won up himself from last year. So at this point in time, if you're a team, you know, like the Knicks, the Lakers, just a team that's out there. Um, are you going after a guy like Chris Paul at, at age of 36? I know that he's experienced. We all know how great he is. But at this state in time, we all know that the backcourt in the NBA, it's getting stronger and stronger as every single draft rolls around. So at this point in time, guys, are you rolling with a 36-point god in Chris Paul next year? Or are you going to go with more like a mid-20s shooting type of point guard? Um. I think it depends on the team, but if you're asking, like, if Chris Paul's still that guy, I think he is. Like, he can be a player to put someone over the hump. He could definitely – he's a starting point guard on pretty much every team in the league. So, uh, whoever needs a point guard should go after Chris Paul. Yeah, the Knicks are in there, wherever he wants to go, really. I mean, yeah, the man's 36, 37, like you said, but if this year proved anything for him, it's it's that he's still one of the best point guards in the game. So, he is getting up there in age, but he's just getting smarter and much better with it. So I'm not worried about Chris Paul. Yeah, I think a team like the Lakers will probably go after him. Uh, I think Philly, if they miss out on Lillard and Lowry, like let's say Lillard stays and he wants to run it back another year to see if he can get make somebody out of that group. Or if they miss out on Lowry, if Lowry ends up doing a sign and trade somewhere else, I think they'll probably look towards Chris Paul. But 
it's going to come down to like his fit. Like, I don't think he fits on every single team. You have to find the right group of players, like him to come in, play his style. That's why it works so well with Phoenix. I think if you take a gamble and go to a team like Dallas, like you have to make sure like you have the surrounding pieces so like that he can actually win or else he's going to be disappointed again. So I don't, I wouldn't be too opposed to him ring chasing. Like, I know he said he wants to win it like this. It's a grind, but he did get Phoenix to the final. He was a big part of that. So I don't think anyone would mind if he went to like a Brooklyn or LA and try to go there. Yeah. I think at this point in time, he has to do that. Uh, And no one should be mad at that. I mean, the fact that he carried two teams that we looked at as basically not even playoff teams to uh, further than the second round is just absolutely incredible, especially last year, OKC. I remember when they got him, I think it was you, Pinello. You said he's not playing a, a day in OKC because that was how bad that was how bad they were going into the year, and he ended up playing the whole year with them, and they went to the freaking second round. I think it was game six or seven against L.A., so – yeah, I agree. Uh, he's getting smarter. He's just like LeBron. Him and LeBron are very, very similar. As their body starts to kind of wear down a bit, they're, they use their brain, their IQ to just elevate their game. So, yeah, I agree with both you guys 100%. I'm going after Chris Paul regardless. I think the Knicks are a perfect fit right now, especially if I'm Chris Paul. You look at what they did this year. Uh, Julius Randle's only 25. Uh, if he can continue to do this, if I'm Chris Paul, at least I'd like to play with a player like that. R.J. Barrett, phenomenal guy. Um, phenomenal player. Obi Toppin's another guy that he can maybe get you. He can get somewhere maybe one day. Maybe he can be like an Aaron Gordon, you know, if everything pans out. But I really do like this team. I think Tom Thibodeau is one of the one of the better coaches in the league. So if Chris Paul can maybe align with Tom Thibodeau, maybe the Knicks will continuously be a threat moving forward. But I still think next year it's Brooklyn's to lose. I mean, you have Harden, Kyrie, Katie. Is they're healthy? It's just gonna be it's gonna be hard. And we all know Harden. I think uh, I don't know if it was him. I, I I don't know. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he's going to miss significant time. I think he has that hamstring problem. So, um, but in terms of next year, if I'm Phoenix fans, uh, don't panic. You know, uh, a lot of great point guards are available. They come in and out of teams. We saw, you know, with Chris Paul going to two different teams, going to the going far in the playoffs. But it, I'll, I'll ask this now, guys. If you're if you're Phoenix, and let's say you can't get a point guard, are you just going to have Devin Booker run that one spot? <laughs> um, I think regardless of who you put in that spot, Booker's going to be the guy closing out games and bringing the ball up. So, yes, in short. But um, I also, yeah, I, I wouldn't worry too much because even last year in the bubble when they had Ricky Rubio, that's kind of when it all started and they went undefeated. So, and they replaced him with Chris Paul and then they kept rolling. So if you're the Phoenix Suns, as long as you have Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, you're fucking set. So it's all good. Yeah. I think they're going to have Booker be uh slotted in there just in case anything worse comes worse. But I think if Chris Paul leaves, they'll try to go after Lonzo, uh, bring him in. Cause I think he offers something playmaking defense, that would be a solid option. Get the big baller brand of Phoenix. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, Lonzo Ball, uh, he's he's going to be a hot commodity for sure. I know Zach Levine even wants him in in Chicago. So there's a lot of different teams that want Lonzo Ball. I guess I'll 
I guess I'll ask you guys, I'll, I'll ask Pinello first, out of all the teams that you've heard rumored to get Lonzo, do you think the Lakers, uh, do you think it's uh, think it's smart for the Lakers to go after Lonzo again? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't want to see him with LA. That would be hilarious, though. Um, Lonzo's one of those guys, though, like, he's a nice point guard. I could see him on every single team in the league coming off the bench or possibly starting, depending on who they have. So I I like the Bulls. I mean, what about a team like the the Spurs? I don't know. I don't see him in – I don't know. I don't see him in too many. I could see him, like – I don't know. He could go anywhere. Yeah, you know what? If I'm uh, Charlotte, I'm bringing in Lonzo. You have uh, Lamelo and Lonzo. MJ's gonna do that. I think that'd be a solid backcourt pairing. Uh, the two brothers, the ball boys, going in. I think there's some chemistry there, and maybe it opens up. You can make a big trade after, let's say, uh, Devonte Graham or Rozier. You can flip them for a power forward. Uh, Gordon Hayward looks like another liability, even though he's playing so well, but. All these injuries still come up at the worst time, so I think they're going to need to find a big name to replace that, and the only way I think you can do it is if you trade off uh, Devontae Graham or Rozier, uh, both of them together maybe with a pick or two picks, and uh, go after Lonzo as another guy for insurance back there, and I think you can have a solid team next year. I really like that idea, uh, Alino, but I just don't see that making a lot of sense just because I think Rozier is already better than Lonzo Ball, at least right now I think he's better. So I'm just going to roll with Rozier. Maybe you can get rid of Graham, but Charlotte needs another freaking center, man. Like their centers are laughable. They're not good. Zeller and Bayumbo, it's just like that. If, <laughs> if, if, I, if I'm uh, – I don't remember the coach's name there – uh, Barujo or something. I don't know his name, but if I'm if I'm in Charlotte and I'm MJ, I'm getting a center ASAP. I'm going out there and I need to get that five. I need to get maybe Drummond or Cousins or I need to get somebody because I can't rely on Cody Zeller next year. PJ Washington, we saw at times he plays the three, the four, the five, but you know he's even had injury problems. He's only 21, 22. If I'm Charlotte, I'm going and getting the best center available. Um, but again, it depends. Like, what is Andre Drummond? What's he asking for? Is he asking for a max deal? Because we all know he's not getting that. Um, so it's really tough to say with Lonzo Ball. Uh, I, I could maybe see him in, I want to maybe say like the Clippers because, you know, they have Rondo and I don't know how, I don't know what's what's happening there. Well, they had Rondo. Sorry. He's on the Hawks now, right? Or is Rondo on the Clippers? I've I've lost count with Rondo. He's been traded so many freaking times. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. So he's on the Clippers. Uh, I don't know how much time because we all know in the regular season Rondo barely plays. So if if Lonzo can go to the Clippers, um, we know Kawhi's going to miss about like seven, seven, eight months next year. So it's a fresh face in LA, um, and he would also be going up against his old team quite a bit in the Lakers. That would be fun TV. I could see him going to the Clippers, and I think uh, I think the owner there would uh, absolutely love that because he's already been looked at as that villain type guy. Yo, what is the problem there in New Orleans, though? Because I kind of like that the pairing with him and Zion. Like they play off each other very well. Are they just looking for like an elite point guard because they want to make that next step? Because I don't think Lonzo's been bad at all. 
Well, the thing the thing that pisses me off is they're going. They really so the guy they drafted last year, um, Keith something. Uh, he went. I think it was like middle first round. They're really looking at him and uh, Nikhil Walker to be like the backcourt of the future, which makes zero sense because Lonzo is like twenty four at most. So. I don't know if it's maybe Le- – I don't know if it's LeVar. Like, I don't want to say it's the dad's fault, but I don't know if he's saying stuff that's maybe pissing them off or they know for sure that they can't realistically financially keep all three at the same time. I don't know if that's the case, but, yeah, I agree with you there, Pinello. To me, the whole process of New Orleans, it's kind of – it's been mind-boggling. I just really – I can't put my thumb around it, why you would want to get rid of a – Zion and Lonzo type of chemistry. We saw it this year. They look, this guy's doing alley oops to him from the other, from, you know, the, the other side of the court. So I really don't know why they would get rid of him other than maybe, yeah, they want to get a better, uh, a better point guard. But we've, we saw it, we saw the, we saw Boston try it out and it didn't work out. So maybe if I'm New Orleans, maybe, you know, maybe just, Maybe just roll with Lonzo and just see what happens until Zion's uh, contract is uh, is up. And then that's the next big uh, concussion and headache that they're going to have because we all know that Zion probably isn't staying in New Orleans. <laughs> just like Davis and just like Drew, he'll win it the first year after he leaves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, you know what? People are going to start saying that that team is cursed. <laughs> Davis and Drew leave and they win right away. Oh God. Who's next? At least they have Chris Paul who left and didn't win anything. So at least there they're, it is. they're happy with that. <laughs> oh my. Hey, you, know what, uh, you know what we didn't bring up about Giannis? The man went fucking 17 for 19 from the line. Oh, Oh shit! I did not know that. (laughs) They won by seven points. They won by seven points, and he put up that stat. So if he had any other, if it was any other night, they were probably losing that game. (laughs) (laughs) Wow! Shout out to Giannis for proving me wrong in the biggest game of his career. At a boy, buddy. That's what that's what superstars do. My God, we got anything else here from the finals? 50 points for Giannis, and uh, that mark, he got one point there for every year of their championship drought. Exactly 50. boy. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Is it safe to say he's the greatest buck of all time now? He passed Kareem? <laughs> oh, no, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. He's up there, though. <laughs> hey, you know what, though? After, um, after this championship with him, Middleton, and Holiday, do you think – you think they can get another sweet free agent to come join them? Maybe keep it rolling? Well, I mean, I've heard rumors of Lillard and I've heard rumors of Lowry. So I guess Lowry and Lillard are like really interested in the top teams in the East and Milwaukee and Philly. Uh, well, obviously Philly for Kyle because it's his hometown. But obviously, you know, no. I, the, the thing that worries me is like what you just said, except with Brooklyn. I really don't want like another ro- like rotation, key rotation player to go to, to Brooklyn. I know that someone is. I just don't want it to be like a top 20 free agent. So, um, the, the, I, like, Pinot, I'm not going to lie. Like, if Kyle Lowry were to go to Milwaukee, I kind of wouldn't be that phased. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be that pissed off. I mean, he is 37 too, 36. 
he's in one of the final years. He's he, he already has one. He wants another one. He sees that Giannis is as good as he is. Go there, but um, yeah, I do, I do, I do like that a lot, Pinello. I do think Milwaukee is now an attractive option. We've been saying for the last two, three years that I remember. I think it was when so when Kawhi beat Giannis in the conference finals. I remember when everyone was saying. Oh man, poor Milwaukee, you know, with Giannis's contract coming up, um, no one ever wants to sign there. And then all of a sudden, you know, they have the chip now. They got Drew Holiday last year. Um, and a guy like Drew Holiday, you want to play for a guy like that. Like he's a great teammate, um, just a great general human being. I remember he took that whole year off to take care of his wife. So like, he's just a great guy to be around Drew Holiday. So, I mean, yeah, if I'm a free agent, I, I think it's definitely now more, it's a more appealing option than than uh, Miami for the time being for sure than <laughs> Miami oof <laughs> is that all for hoop boys we got anything else here well last night guys you know what happened We found out there were spoilers even in the fucking hockey world because all these picks were fucking leaked out to the media and uh, everyone said, oh, we got spoilers for tonight. So if you're watching live, this is what's going to happen. And everything they said happened. So uh, if you're ESPN, are you pissed off that every single pick got leaked out beforehand and it kind of ruined your new deal here? Oh, absolutely. Terrible way to start it. Uh, they probably lost a shit ton of money too. Um, so I don't know who to blame here. I don't know if it's just they made the list too early, but yeah, don't ever do that again. Uh, for the 33rd team that comes in the league, uh, make sure you don't do it this way because that definitely backfired tremendously. But uh, I guess we'll talk more about the players in a little bit. I was just kind of surprised of the whole thing and how it kind of went down. Um, like those seven, what are those six guys there? I want to say two of them are elite, the rest, whatever. Um, I love Jordan Eberly. He's an absolute beauty. I love Mark Giordano. He's a beauty. Um, you know, Chris Dreiger proved, you know, he to me right now, I'm going to call him basically Jake Allen. Like do it again, and then we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Brandon Tenov, he signed that six-year deal with Pittsburgh last year, and we were all kind of laughing about it, but – now I guess he's locked up with a, an expansion team. Oleksiak, I don't really know. I didn't see a lot of him in Dallas because, again, Klingberg, Heiskinen, you know, uh, Stephen Johns, a lot of guys were ahead of him in the depth chart. Is that a Hayden Flurry there <laughs> beside <laughs> Oleksiak? Uh, you know, gr- seventh overall pick, you know, a pick right before William Nylander, thank God. Um, hopefully he... He pans out in Seattle. And then, of course, you have the guy on the far right. He was It was funny because he tweeted out, he, this is actually the first time he ever got drafted. <laughs> so, it's pretty, so it's pretty funny for Mark Giordano. He's probably going to be the captain of this team. And, yeah, he's a great first captain for this, for this organization for sure. And how about those threads? <laughs> Alino, was it, the, um, was it the fish market? Was it that stupid thing? Yeah, it was. They What's had McCann and Kerfoot, and uh, then ended up being uh, confirmed that it was McCann. Those fucking dummies. Someone got, needs to get fired there. Like, let's leak this out to everybody. Hey, look, we're doing an expansion draft. 
I should have said like, Austin and Matthews. <laughs> I still, I still watch the show. Like it was, it was entertaining. So I, yeah, he has been kind of goofed there or whoever, whatever. But um, yeah, the team. Uh, yeah, I know Chris isn't much of a fan. I think they got a decent mix of veteran and young guys. They could have gone in a lot of directions. Some of the fucking names that were there, you know, yeah, Price, Tarasenko, uh, Landis Fogg was there, Johansson, whatever. But I think they got a nice mix. They got some young guys here, but I don't know what to expect. I don't want to say they're easily not making the playoffs or whatever because we kind of did the same thing with Vegas and they kind of proved everyone wrong, went to the finals. So I wouldn't count them out. But it's it's not the sexiest team when you look at it. No, for sure. Uh, and uh, we got a good look at Jamie Alexiak in 2014 AHL uh, playoffs when we went to go see that game live. That big <laughs> fucking tree in the back end there. I think he'll do wonders over there. He's gonna have a nice little career. Uh, I think it's gonna be a good fit him playing with Giordano. I like Jordan Eberle. I think he, if Giordano's not the captain, I think Eberle should be um, like in the mix there. Um, but. I don't know. I think they made a big mistake. You have Tara Sanko available, Carey Price available. Like they had a gift right there, and they didn't even take any of them. I think uh, Ron Francis needs to look at this. Like you had Vladimir Tarasenko, even if he's not going to play, you at least draft the guy and trade him, and let other teams know we're open for business. Like give us your best offer. You don't have to worry about the politics of all the other teams because we have no rivalry with anybody yet. So I think this is a huge missed opportunity that they'll probably regret going forward. Yeah, there there were a lot of picks here, and Pinello already. Yeah, he basically said, "I'm not a big fan of this team." Uh, there were a lot of picks that I literally, I thought they would take like with ease, like a layup, like Montreal. Man, they had a, an abundance of players there that easily could benefit right now. Philip Denol apparently was complaining to management that you know uh, he's he, he sees himself as a first line center. He's been you know. He's been battling with first-line centers the last two years. You know, he's worth the money. I mean, if I'm Seattle here, I'm taking Denold without question. Uh, like, Denold or Eric Stahl for sure, if not Carey Price. So the fact that they took Kale Fleury there, was to me, was a bit of an odd. Even, like, you go to Philadelphia, guys. Like, I know JVR's <laughs> contract is high, but I'm, I'm taking a player like that nine times out of ten over a guy like a Carson Tor- Torinsky. Like, I don't... There's just some players I'm looking at here, and it's just like they really struck out. And like even New Jersey, like I know there's not a lot of good players there, but you could you could have had a better player than Nathan Bastian for sure. And like, I, I, you know what? I don't want to get too negative. I'll, I'll talk about some of the positives here. I mean, I absolutely Pinello called it. Dennis Chalowski, uh, great defenseman on Detroit. I thought they were going to take Svechnikov there. Um Donskoy, me and Pinello called that. You know, he's a great player. He'll be second, third line on this team. He's one of the more underrated uh, bottom six forwards in the whole league. So good on Seattle for seeing that. Um, th- here's my here's my biggest question for you guys in terms of goaltending and the amount of guys that were available. Like Bishop was available. The the rookie on uh, Minnesota was available. Kakinen. And they ended up going with Dreiger and Vanacek. Now, I don't know if that's just based on this year and how well they did, but what are your guys' thoughts on the goalie selections? Because I think they could have gone way, way better than these two. I mean, we were, yeah, we were touching on it. Like, 
outside of they could have gone Price. I think Holpe was there. Were there other? There, there was, were more names. Flurry, Bishop, like yeah. a lot of good goalies there. So like but Matt, Mur- Matt Murray, just, like you said too. Yeah. 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 I honestly didn't know Matt Murray had. I thought he had an okay two years. I didn't know it was that bad. I was looking at his stats. I'm like, oh fuck! I I see what you guys were saying now, but. Yeah, the the sexier names were there, but I I see I see the direction they're going, and I don't I don't mind it. I think it was last week or the week before we were saying they should take at least like one out of those three goalies, including the the Minnesota goalie, which they didn't take. But I like it. You know, Dragger is he's twenty seven. He he. This will be the year. Maybe if he's ready to be a starting goalie, we're gonna find out. And then they got Vanacek, so. They went young, even if you know one turns out to be a bust per se, take a chance on the other one. So they got three young goalies. They um they got the, they got the, what's his name? Decord from Ottawa too. So no one really knows about him, but he's only twenty two years old. They are very young, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I was gonna say out of all the players that they selected, who do you think is gonna benefit the most out of all these guys? I'm I'll start off. I'll probably say Vince Dunn. I think he's going to maybe like maybe 45, 50 points is a possibility if you put him with Giordano. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll say Vince Dunn is probably the guy that will probably benefit the most from this. Yeah, I'll go Alexiak on that one. I think Dunn might get traded. I think Dunn gets traded, actually. You think Dunn oh, gets traded? Keep going. Oh, shit. No, I'll keep going with that. Why does he get traded? Oh, at the draft, I think they're gonna. They have a deal probably to swap them for someone. I don't know if they're gonna go with this core. Like you look at their defense, like you got Flurry, you got Jordano, you got Alexiak. Like I think Dunn would get some interest. You could probably uh, get somebody in there who maybe package him off. He's a nice piece to have. Chalowski's also there. Like a lot of people have high hopes for him. So I just think Vince Dunn. When you're looking at this team and the cap some of these guys have, you might be the odd one out. I am on the complete opposite end from you. I think he's the one guy they're keeping. I think I'm with you on the Tarasenko thing. Like I, for me, I would have loved to have that player. I love Tarasenko, but if this, if they were going to pass on him to take one guy, it's Vince Dunn. I'm very high on this guy. He's only 24. I think you can play him in every situation. He's a straight offensive D, but his game's improving. So, um. I thought him and Jake Bean would have been solid for the future. They never they didn't go with him, but if they got Giordano to take some of the load off, but Vince Dunn's now in a position where he can play twenty plus minutes and play in every situation. So, yeah, Chris, I see your point with him benefiting the most. But uh, I might go with Yanni Gord here, just because I don't know if he's starting the season. Something came out today. He's been playing so much fucking hockey the last few years, so. I guess he got hurt, but he's going to jump right into their top six and he's going to be one of the main options. So he could potentially have a 60, 70 point year. So I'll go with Yanni Gord. Yanni Gord is going to be the new William Carlson. Uh, I can't wait to see that. 40 goal year. <laughs> but uh, yeah, in terms of Vince Dunn, I mean, I, I was looking at the last two years and the, the production and where he was in the lineup and it's just a perfect fit for Vince Dunn. I'm actually kind of happy they didn't take Tarasenko. Um, Tarasenko, I don't know if he would have even stayed 
Uh, I know he waived his no move clause, but I don't know if he would have been a general. I don't think he would generally have a lot of interest in staying in Seattle. So I think they actually went with the smart approach in taking Vince Dunn. Um, Vince Dunn t- could be easily like a Tory crew on this team. Uh, if you give him the key, he'll get you 45 points. I love, I, I absolutely love Vince Dunn too. I think should have been a first rounder. Like me and Pinello said, he was a second rounder. I think he was in the, was it the McDavid or the, the Matthews draft? So shit. I, th- I think it was the McDavid uh, I draft. I think it was 2015, but yeah, Vince Dunn is good. I think he's, he's really gonna take a lot of pressure off guys like Jordano next year for sure. Um, but another name guys that like, I know you guys are going to laugh. I know Pinello, you probably don't know him that much, but Carson uh, Susie, what I saw from him in Minnesota this year at times, he was probably their second, third best defenseman and the salary. It's really, really good. It's really light. It's 2 million. I mean, if if Susie can maybe play top four defense, maybe he can be that unlikely hero and that un you know that unlikely player to you know improve tremendously like we've seen with Carlson and guys like David Perron when they went to Vegas and Riley Smith and you know the list goes on and on. But um, what do you guys expect with Seattle next year? I know they didn't make any trades so far. I know Ron Francis said he uh, didn't have a lot of. Uh, he wasn't really busy on the phones, but when it comes to the draft, and let's say nothing were to really happen other than other than them drafting Matthew Benier second overall, what is your outlook and your prediction for this team next year? I have them missing the playoffs, but they will be competitive on some nights. Because when I look up and down this roster, they're not they're not very deep, but there are some guys on this team that can bail them out. So there will be times they could get washed and that there'll be times they'll get the win, but like 30 something wins, maybe if I'm just projecting a year from now, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it'll be as bad as people think. Yeah. I think it's going to come down to Drieger. If he's uh, really a number one, we're going to find out if he is, I think this team's going to be just outside the playoffs. Maybe, like a bubble team, wild card spot. If he's not a number one capable goaltender, it's going to be a rough year for Seattle in their first year. So I think it might be one where they regret not going after some of the big names out there, but I don't think they're going to have a kind of year like with those old expansion teams come in where they're set up basically for failure. I think right now, uh, like with Vegas, Seattle, they're set up for success right away. The league wants them to do that. So I think they won't have a problem uh, in the first year. Do you see them potentially trading or like signing a big name? Because I was looking at the cap and they have a shit ton. I think they have 30 million in cap space. So I'm looking at some free agents and there's the list isn't that strong, but do you guys maybe see, I know Alino you've linked Taylor Hall to Toronto, but can you maybe see Taylor Hall going or maybe even a Kirill Kaprasov go to Seattle? <laughs> oh, it would be tough for, Hall, maybe because him and Eberly, they did have chemistry there in Edmonton, but I think he wants to win right now or else he wouldn't have gone to Buffalo and try with Jack Eichel and then go to Boston. So I don't think he'll take that kind of gamble this stage of his career. Kaprasov, it would have to be an RFA. So Seattle would already have to look to giving up four first rounders or the first, second, and third and another first. And they just came out into the league. So it would be risky, but I would go after Kaprasov right away. 
Yeah, Hall's not fucking around. I don't see him going to Seattle at all. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. Really, I don't really know. I don't really know where to see him. Like he he went from Buffalo to Boston in a year. That's just so awkward. <laughs> like I don't know where where I can really see Taylor Hall. I know I just envision Florida, but that's just my mind playing tricks on me. I know he's not going to Florida. They have Huberto. They have you know. I don't see him being on the second line. I, I just don't see it. Uh, he's not that type of guy. Um, I guess we'll now we'll move forward. We'll talk, I guess, a little bit about what happened in Edmonton, as I called it. Uh, Alino, I want you to I want you to talk about it because he's your boy. Oh yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Before we get there, as so as I'm changing this picture over here. Uh, so yeah, our boy there in Edmonton. It's looking nice for. <laughs> The Oilers, uh, the Leafs. Actually, you know what? Credit to Kyle Dubas. He played some uh, hardball over here. He wasn't fucking around giving contracts out. But Edmonton were desperate. They worked out a sign and trade, and uh, now coming into the Oilers, Zach Hyman. Call that year, shit. <laughs> Five million dollars. Do you like it, or is Dubas going to regret this one? Oh, take it. Yeah, I think he'll. Uh, I think he'll regret it. Eight years is a little steep, as the three of us were saying before. But like, yeah, we've been watching Hyman for the last few years now. The man does a lot. He does so much for our star players. He does all this shit no one wants to do. I would have given him five mil, man. I'm gonna <laughs> miss this guy. We lost Connor Brown a couple years ago, losing Zach Hyman. I'm fucking pissed. If you're the Oilers, congratulations. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm I'm pissed. <laughs> this guy did everything for this team, and you don't even offer him five million. <laughs> That's brutal. I see. Like I was expecting, if he were to leave, I was expecting maybe for him to get like six point five, something that's realistically out of reach for Toronto. But what does Dubas do? He re-signs Dermot, a player we necessarily don't really need that much. And yes, you don't sign Zach Hyman. So now, who the hell is on that top line with with Austin Matthews? Are you you better re-sign Nick Felino now? You gave up a first. You better re-sign him because if you don't re-sign Nick Felino, I, I mean Austin Matthews is gonna have to turn into Kopitar next year. He's gonna have to start hitting, he's gonna have to start going in the corners, he's gonna have to start doing all that shit. So I know he's not gonna do that, because that's not what Matthews does. So yeah, Edmonton, I called it. Good on you guys. McDavid, you have that guy that will just give you the puck on the cycle numerous, numerous times. He four checks. A lot of people were saying too, like eight years, this guy just had two really scary knee injuries. So they're really, really taking a risk with the eight-year deal here. But $5 million is an absolute steal for me as a value piece on any team. Uh, this guy's a beauty. And like Pinello said, we already lost Connor Brown. We lose Zach Hyman. It stings quite a bit right now. If you're Kyle Dubas and you're going to the meeting with ownership, they're going to be like, okay, we lost Zach Hyman. We lost Jared McCann, who was brought in here. Why did we lose them? You know what he's going to say? We wanted to protect Travis Dermott and Alex Kerfoot. Not looking good for the job security. So unless he brings in Taylor Hall, 
or uh, a big name there on the wing. Uh, Kyle Dubas's days are likely numbered now. Yeah, I mean, I, there's not a lot of... Um, I mean, okay, I understand where he's coming from with Kerfoot. What we saw in the playoffs was incredible. You know, we saw the chemistry he had with Willie when Tavares went down with the injury. I also, I was expecting them to just take Kerfoot, so I was accepting of him moving on, but I'm I'm very, very, I don't want to say happy that he's staying, but I'm uh, I'm pleasantly surprised. So now that he's still here with us for another year, I want to see him, you know, do what he did in the postseason uh, the last two years. Pinello, what has he averaged? About 40 points a year. It's a great secondary type of guy. Um, but, man, like you said, the job security thing, I mean, we all know that managing a hockey team, it's really, really hard. But you have to look at the valued pieces a little more, I think, than any protect. Like, he was put in a hard spot. You know, you get eliminated, you blow a 3-1 lead, and then there's an expansion draft. So you have to protect – the guys that you feel you should protect. And I think for sure, um, I thought Kerfa was that just that guy. It's like, okay, like he was one of our better players in the playoffs. Seattle's taking him, no doubt about it. Dermot's going to walk. And I was so surprised when we re-signed Dermot. I'm not going to say Dermot is the new Marinson, but like he was the last guy on the team I thought would get an extension. Out of any player that was on the team this year, I thought for certain that Dermot was gone. Like we said, I think we talked about it in one pod this year where I think Pinello, I think you said it, um, Dermot going to Detroit would just be a perfect fit for him and just, you know, elevating his game there. But, you know, the fact that you re-signed Dermot and he even got a pay raise and he barely played, like you said, Alino, it's just one of those moves you look back on. And even, you know, trading the first rounder for Nick Felino, I know he was hurt. But, like, you look back at moves like that, and it's just going to bite you in the ass. So, like I said, with Zach Hyman now being moved to Edmonton, I think they need the, their first priority. If it's not to sign Taylor Hall, which I am completely against, they need to re-sign Nick Foligno. Yeah, good for Dermy getting that bag, though, eh? What a guy. <laughs> but, uh, yo, what did we give up again for McCann? It was like a seventh rounder. Oh, Hollander. And, uh... Yeah, like yeah. it was really nothing. Philip Hallander, yeah. So it was basically, I said it last night, it was an insurance policy. So I kind of respect that trade. Like I assume they were going to lose, like you said, one of Kerfoot or Dermot. They went with McCann, so he got to keep Kerfoot. So I don't mind it. I kind of like that. I like Kerfoot. He's a nice player. It, they're kind of interchangeable. I, I kind of wanted to see McCann. I was a little thrown off, but it is what it is. He's a nice player. He'll play on our third line still, so... That's good stuff, yeah. I guess I'll ask this now to to Alito. Zach Hyman, first line with Edmonton. What do you envision his fantasy line to be? Is he a 30-goal scorer? No, I think he's up there. I think he's going to be an upgrade on James Neal for sure at this stage of his career. I think he's a 25- to 30-goal guy, uh, 40-assist guy. I think he'll be a 65-point guy maybe this season coming up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, with McDavid, yeah, for sure. They should just play him in front of the net on the power play, like how the Flyers used to play Wayne Simmons and Braden Shen, and he'll tip fucking 15 power play goals. Like another thing, too, with with this signing for Edmonton is this could be the beginning of something beautiful. 
And this could even maybe, I don't care, I don't want to say this could lead to a dynasty, but we've seen similar things happen where, you know, a Chicago, a Pittsburgh, they get a free agent and then all of a sudden, uh-oh, the fireworks start coming. So, I mean, a guy like Zach Hyman being on a line with McDavid, I think this is where we might start seeing the results, guys. I think this is where Edmonton might start becoming a top three seed a little more consistently in the West. And uh, like you said, I, I love Zach Hyman. I think he's absolutely going to break out next year as an offensive player, and I can't wait to see it. Is there a chance that we're just reaching, though, because we are Leaf fans? Oh, yeah, for sure. Bro, we <laughs> yeah, know. Oh, yeah, 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 guaranteed. First year. yeah, yeah, guaranteed, guaranteed. <laughs> What if he just gets like 14 goals next year and they miss the playoffs? Like, then we'll look that. back at episode 140 and we'll have a nice laugh. Say enjoy the next seven years. <laughs> oh my god! I'm like, like the the eight year deal threw me off because it was Edmonton. Because I feel like Edmonton they don't give out eight year deals; they only give it to like Nuge and McDavid. Whereas I was as soon as I saw eight years, I just thought it was San Jose. <laughs> <laughs> like okay, San Jose, they got another another type of guy like this locked up, where they can't trade him. Like what they did with Vlasic, with Burns, with Kane, with Couture, with all the with all their contracts, they're all locked up. So it's good to see that it's not San Jose to give out an eight year deal. Anything else on uh, Zachy? I know Mike Babcock is probably thrilled. Hey, eight years, eh? Oh, so he'll be in Edmonton in no time. Oh, he oh, probably called sure. him. He called probably Ken called Holland. him. Do you remember in, do anything uh, you ask. Detroit? Won a cup, eh? Kept that uh, playoff streak alive. Oh, I guarantee that. Are you, ki- are you kidding me? He probably he probably left Ken Hall in like seven voicemails. It's like, hey, it's Mikey just calling you to check up on you. Can you sign Hey, remember that contract I got in Toronto? Can you make it 2.5? Now come right there now. <laughs> It's probably like at 11 a.m. Probably at like four, and he calls in tonight. Hey, you just uh, it's Mikey calling to see how you doing. Uh, if you have some other messages or not, but uh, look what you're doing in Edmonton. Uh, I think about me coming up there. Look, call me back. Eh? <laughs> yeah, that's that's from <laughs> oh yeah, his name's gonna pop up, <clears throat> and after we'll hear uh, how much of a bad guy he is. A bad guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Talked over five people. <laughs> well, uh, we can't, like, uh, especially now, there's no way of seeing Mike Babcock. Just no. like there's no way of seeing John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see anybody there. <laughs> oh so uh, there's a massive... Uh, Let's say ruckus with uh, WWE returning with fans. We saw a whole bunch of guys come back. Keith Lee, Finn Balor, uh, Jeff Hardy has his new music out. Karrion Cross is on the main roster, losing to Jeff Hardy in less than five minutes. Uh, Samoa Joe's uh, I like magically cleared to compete all of a sudden, and uh, John Cena's back. So, uh, what'd you guys think of this? Cena coming up to that pop, and him and Roman Reigns now looks like for SummerSlam is the big match. Yo, I'm down. When was the last time we saw Cena? Like 2017. No, no, okay. The Fiend Not match. Last but, yeah, last yeah the Fiend match, but like realistically cutting promos and stuff, it's been it's been a while. I've been waiting for us to get to a place where when Cena comes back, he's not like viciously hated and booed. 
So over the last few years, that's kind of happened. Every time he makes an appearance, he just everyone's excited to see him because he's just been putting people over and getting buried by the Undertaker and Mania. He's kind of been on the DL. So for him to come back and get the pop that he received was was it was pretty heartwarming. Not gonna lie. And for him and Roman to go at it again, especially with, with the the work that Roman's doing, I'm pretty excited to see it. Just the one time thing. Yeah, this is going to be huge. This is uh, this is probably bigger than Brock versus Bobby if it were to happen. Uh, Cena coming back is huge. The pop was huge. Roman Reigns has been on the best run that I can remember in a very since Punk. I'll say I'll just say that. Um, but yeah, Cena coming back it's definitely refreshing. It's been a long time. Uh, he's got, I remember, I think the last time he was here, you could tell his hair was going. It looks like he got the transplant. He looks, he's got the full head of hair now, it's the fade. It's a, He looks pretty good, John. Uh, the memes are coming out where no one came back. You can't see John Cena. No one's there. It's just Roman staring at no one. So um, I do believe that Cena is still going to lose the match at SummerSlam. I don't see him winning, but I don't know if this is a one-time thing. That's the funny thing with John. You really don't know. So for now, I'll say it is a one-time thing, but I wouldn't be surprised if he maybe were to stay here, maybe not full-time, but part-time, maybe till Survivor Series. Oh, yeah, especially like him and Roman Reigns. I think that's a big match. You look at SummerSlam now. Edge and Seth Rollins is another one. Uh, Nikki Ash cashed in her Money in the Bank, uh, the which she won, surprisingly. And she's the champ, so she'll probably be in a triple threat or one-on-one with Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. And now that brings us to the next one. Our boy Bill <laughs> comes back as soon as Bobby Lashley had his open challenge. Keith Lee came out. Bobby Lashley messed him up because he's the man. And uh, Bobby's <laughs> in the ring. And out comes Goldberg saying he's next, which makes absolutely no sense. But we're here. So he lost his past uh, title match. He's facing Bobby at SummerSlam. How you feeling about how, the way he returned? It's, uh, it's very Bill Goldberg fashion. So I guess, uh, well, I do mind because I don't want to see him. But, you know, I guess that confirms Bork isn't coming back. So this might be the next best thing. So I am now a Bobby Lashley fan on a serious level because there's no way I want to see Bill win. And, uh, yeah, I think we all pretty much assumed Bobby would just kill Kofi, though. So that was a nice little SummerSlam moment for him. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, Bobby's been rolling. If he can bury a guy like Bill, keep going. Let's get it done. Don't play any fucking games here. Alino. Party's over, Grandpa. <laughs> Bobby's going to beat the shit out of him. I can't wait to see it. Just like when Drew beat the shit out of fucking Goldberg at the Royal Rumble. We're going to see it again. I love how Goldberg just comes in and he's like, I'm next. <laughs> he just yells at Bobby's face. And Bobby just looks at him like, who the fuck are you, man? Like, I've been running this shit since March. So, yeah, I agree with Pinello. I'm a big Bobby fan right now. He's been dominating. Uh, when he beat The Miz, I know we were all a little salty. We kind of didn't want to see it, but this is the definition of I don't want to see it happen. I don't want Bill Goldberg to come back and win the WWE title because that would just be horseshit. So 
I'm giving it to Bobby here. I hope Goldberg is just coming back to put a nice guy over in Bobby and not take the title from him because that would absolutely piss a lot of people off. And, and I swear to God, if this if if he wins the title just so we have Goldberg versus Lesnar again at Summer uh, at Survivor Series, I will literally shit a brick. <laughs> well, there, okay, I think Goldberg adds in a way to the product if used correctly. Not in these type of matches they just had already, like with Drew and Braun Strowman, which they flopped. That could have been a way better match if they actually like thought about it. Like when you're coming back now, him and Bobby Lashley, their styles kind of mash up together, and it's not going to make for the best match. Uh, but like, let's say Bobby Lashley did this open challenge. I think if Goldberg came out on Raw and they had a match on Raw, I think it would have been a lot better received. But I just want to see this. If let's say Goldberg wins, Big E's dream match was always Goldberg. So let's have Big E come out and challenge Goldberg for the title, or. Goldberg loses, Spears, Bobby, and Big E cashes in. So I think we're in for a big letter E cash in at SummerSlam. Well, either way, I'm as so down. As long as that title doesn't end up on Bill, <clears throat> I am good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Two meaty men slapping meat. <laughs> Vintage dream. Oh, I think they missed one here. They could have had Goldberg versus Matt Riddle. That would have been exciting. Now that one, I think I might be here to see, is because Riddle is just—he's turning into one of those guys. It doesn't matter what he does; you're, you're invested. It doesn't matter where he is; you're gonna watch. Yeah, we're—we already know we're getting Riddle versus Orton at SummerSlam. I know it's coming, so we're gonna just—we're gonna see Randy come back and beat the shit out of him for whatever reason. <laughs> he's a sicko, so he's gonna punt him in the head or something. And I can't wait to see it because. Everybody just loves Matt Riddle, but at the same time, everybody loves Randy Orton. It'll be because of the thing on Raw, little segment he did with Cena. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna take that person. You know, Cena's my you know Cena's my enemy, right? <laughs> like, imagine it was no script. He just goes to the back. I fucking hate John Cena. <laughs> Why did you talk to him? <laughs> it's like that's all I needed. That's and he just looks at him, it bro. What do you mean? <laughs> but looking on to this now SummerSlam looking like a better card than Wrestlemania so that looks good Uh, I'm a little mad though what the fuck Brock Lesnar he's out there fucking chopping up meat in a butcher shop you're telling me you couldn't fly him in for something think uh, (laughs) might be holding him off here so I think they're looking at having a big surprise every month it looks like okay edge was the one for july cena uh and goldberg august maybe brock lesnar september and uh the rock october do you see the rock coming in for survivor series this year or do you think it's going to hold off until royal rumble uh i think it's best they hold off till maybe the rumble or mania i just feel like rock and roman is just built for wrestlemania like a match like that the run that roman's been on i think you should just yeah maybe not even even uh i'll you know maybe not even the rumble maybe just wrestlemania or maybe around the royal rumble around that time like right after the pay-per-view you have the rock come out and then maybe roman and that's when you uh that's when you make that match actually happen i really want to see uh, I want to say that Roman Reigns really doesn't lose this 
I don't think he's losing this title, man, for like a very long time. I don't see him losing, I want to say, at least till Mania or maybe a little before. But it, like we said, we said it before, if there is some guy that's going to beat him, it's probably Seth Rollins. No, I mean, I really can't see anybody else. Maybe Cena if they want to give him the 17th title. But I just I don't see it happening. It's Roman Reigns right now. He's at the top of his game. He's the best heel. The Usos now have the tag titles. I just don't see it happening. <laughs> I'm with you, Holmes. That's a mania match, but um, I'm good if they do something like that on any of the main four pay-per-views. I'm good because those are huge events too, and now they turned them into fucking weekend things all of a sudden in the last few years. So as long as they don't do something stupid like Roman versus Cena on No Mercy, remember when they did that and we're like, what oh. the fuck are you doing? Why don't you wait a month to do that Survivor Series? So... I'm good if they do it at one of the four. Oh, yeah, like Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman. Their first matchup was at some throwaway pay-per-view. Made sense. Balls of fire, fucking remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, speaking of news, I guess, newsworthy, yesterday was a huge one for AEW because they got the biggest free agent available, Chavo Guerrero, <laughs> debuting. He's the new advisor. For Andrade, and then as a show is going on a couple hours before, all day, just randomly, we hear that they've signed Daniel Bryan. Jesus Christ. And then they made it look like he was going to debut and come out near the end, but looks like they might hold off on that. What are your uh, thoughts of Daniel Bryan uh, allegedly signing with AEW? It's fucking crazy. <laughs> I thought it was all bullshit. I thought you were trolling us for weeks. I see your posts in the group chat like, yo, there's something buzzing up. I'm like, yeah, this guy's full of shit. There's no way. And then they actually pull it off. Allegedly, we still don't officially know, but reports are going out like crazy. Man, the fantasy matchups are just buzzing. I mean, a guy like Daniel Bryan, everyone knows who he is in the wrestling community. He's going to draw so much in. I can't believe they let someone like him slip. I'm not going to lie. So... For AEW to get a guy like this is fucking sensational. Yeah, uh, this is bigger than, or this is on par with the AJ Styles signing when WWE signed him. Uh, this is going to be massive for AEW. Uh, yeah, Daniel Bryan, what he did from 2010 to now when WWE, it's Hall of Fame worthy. He's a Hall of Famer. Uh, I don't know if it is the next stuff, like the doctors and um, him being cleared or not, maybe threw him off and it rubbed him the wrong way. I don't know. I don't know if things were ne ever really super negative like they were with Punk with him in WWE, but the fact that he went to All Elite, there must have been something that went wrong, I guess, with contract talks or something. But, yeah, this guy going to AEW, the same company that has guys like, like Rhodes, Omega, Neville, a bunch of different guys that are coming up, like MJF, a guy who's 26 years old. Like AEW's in unreal hands. And now that they have Daniel Bryan, the amount of dream matches that we're going to be able to see, it's going to be so fun to watch. Even ex WWE guys that want a shot at him that never really had it, like a Rusev, a Christian, um, a couple other guys. Like there are big, big opportunities here for not only Daniel Bryan, for the guys that face a guy like Daniel Bryan, just what he's been able to do for wrestling in general. Arguably one of the greatest of all time. So whenever you get a goat, it's 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 monumental. 
Yeah, I think one thing I was disappointed with him in his WWE run was they cut his heel run short. It was really starting to develop a lot. Even the Miz, his face run, they were both on a good run there where you could have had a big match at WrestleMania between the two of them. I think it's a missed opportunity. Um, like Daniel Bryan as a heel was phenomenal, and then they had the Fiend involved, and they never really went back to it after that whole thing with Roman Reigns. But it, since it's likely, you know, Cody Rhodes, as soon as somebody comes in, that's the first feud. I want to see Daniel Bryan throw everyone off uh, as a face going into the match and have our boy Eric Redbeard come out and turn heel with Daniel Bryan and them picking up where they left off in WWE with their heel run. I think it would be amazing storytelling on AEW. Man, you can do so much with him. But, like, do you th- look at some of the signings the last few months? Do you think it's just a coincidence that all these guys signed at the same time? Because it's like they got the big show, and then a month later, Andrade went there. And now Malachi Black goes there. And then a week later, we get the Daniel Bryan rumors. So, like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? And Christian, too. Like, it's all happening at once. Yeah, uh, throw out the we're not going to sign WWE guys out the window because that's now not a thing for sure. Um, they're, I guess I'll say they're hypocrites for that. But again, WWE is the biggest wrestling company in the world. So you're definitely going to get guys from there. But man, like, yeah, like the, the fact that they've the last three, four signings that you just said, they're all potentially franchise type guys. Like they could have ran up with the ball in WWE in the next three years, like up Malaki Black. And uh, and and Al and uh, what's his name there Andrade like those two guys were dominating NXT they were in the main event scene in NXT they were putting on match of the year type things and now they're back in AEW they couldn't fit there and you get a guy like Daniel Bryan like I I don't know about the heel turn right away because again uh, Alino I think they want to try and promote uh, AEW to the best of their ability to the biggest type of crowd and what better way in doing so than having the guy that started the yes movement and maybe even bringing that character to AEW. Um, that's, that's huge. So I don't know if WWE is going to block that and they, they, you know, they have all the rights to that. Um, but I think to, for now for AEW to really um, be successful with, you know, marketing and with, with all that, with the TV deals, I think they need to start Daniel Bryan as a face because they know that the fan base will get 100% behind Daniel Bryan. And what better way to, you know, improve your ratings than, you know, getting a freaking baby face Daniel Bryan. Like that's, that's gold right there. <laughs> well, uh, allegedly, that's a uh, shout yeah, out to Kwame Brown. Now you're going to bring up my other, now you're going to bring up my other boy now. Holy shit. Here we go. There was uh, another signing, allegedly. <laughs> That CM Punk is uh, in talks to return to the ring, and uh, his landing spot, again, allegedly, is AEW. What are your thoughts on this, Chris? Alino, you got to pinch me. Pinch me now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, no, like, if he was going to go back to wrestling, I knew it would be AEW. Let's be real here. It's not WWE. Um, I'm so excited if this is actually true. I want to see CM Punk and Daniel Bryan from 2012 go at it. I want AJ Lee there. I want everything. I want all that. So, uh, if... CM Punk goes to W uh, to AEW. I mean, it's very exciting, but he hasn't wrestled in like seven years. So that's probably the most intriguing thing for me is what would CM Punk kind of look like in the ring? We all know, I mean, 
he just has to go through the motions and then he'll get used to it. But like seven years, it's a long time. And going up against the guys that are in AEW, regardless, it's going to be incredible. Like just picture CM Punk going up against Malaki Black. Like that, like that would be incredible. Daniel Bryan, Christian, just Cody Rowe, just a bunch of guys. But Pinello, you you already know what I'm going to say. My big dream match there is CM Punk versus the cleaner. We have to see it. And of course, Aulino, I'm going to bring this up because I know you absolutely loved it. Why don't we get Y2J Chris Jericho versus CM Drunk? (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you bring that storyline back? So many options with Punk. I absolutely love it. Literally uh, just copy and paste what I said about Brian and use that for Punk because it's the exact same thing. You get him, you're getting a game changer. Everyone's going to tune in. Not even in the wrestling community now, just in general. Like, everyone knows CM Punk. The man's been up to so much since the last seven years. So (laughs) if he were to go there, the money's probably through the fucking roof. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah, this is a... I think it would be a big one if they get both of them because not anybody would expect it, but... Could this also be leverage on CM Punk? Like maybe if he's not officially signed with AEW, do you think he's using them to maybe test and see how much money WWE would be willing to match? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a business, right? So you're always kind of you're looking at yourself as a prospect or as, you know, an athlete or whatever. You're a guy that's under contract. Yeah, obviously he's trying to, you know, see who what WWE can offer him, but this goes back to, I don't know if you guys ever listened to him at Stark, uh, Starcade or it was one of the, he was at one of those comic cons and he was, this guy interviewed him and he really said like the only way how I would go back to WWE is if I face Daniel Bryan in the main event of WrestleMania. And now what are the odds that Daniel Bryan just signed with AEW and obviously we're now hearing CM Punk. So I feel like, Maybe Tony Khan sat, sat down with Daniel Bryan and said, hey, listen, if I can get you, uh, maybe you can call up your buddy CM Punk, Phil Brooks, and maybe we'll we'll get a deal here. Maybe you guys can main event next year's double or nothing or something like that. So uh, regardless, I think Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, they've been linked for years now. And uh, if this were to happen, man, it's this is a grand slam. This is an absolute grand slam for AEW as a company. Boom. <laughs> Do you think, because, uh, you know, Vince McMahon's going to hear that. He's fucking ruthless. Uh, they're going to probably say, oh, we're gonna, we got WWE here. Uh, we got CM Punk. We got Daniel Bryan. Vince McMahon is going to call up The Rock, bring him in. Goldberg's contract's probably going to run out soon, so AEW, I think, would be likely to get him because of TNT, WCW. Do you think Vince McMahon would go on and say, okay, I'm going to bring one of their guys who they love so much, Kazuchika Okada. Do you think he'll uh, ramp up the chase over there? Oh, man. I mean, it's it's Vince McMahon. And, uh, I mean, I usually don't like saying or like, like, I don't want to see anybody go to war. I don't want AEW and WWE, you know, to full-on hate each other and, you know, go up against each other. That's not really what the whole premise is of these companies. It's just to, you know, entertain the people. But obviously there's always politics. So if I'm Vince McMahon, I mean, he's, what, almost 80 years old. 
Maybe not, but if if they're constantly trying to steal talent from you, um, then maybe. But I don't know, Alino. I don't think they're necessarily stealing talent. I think it's more they're really they're they're taking it very smart. They're looking at all the underutilized guys, and maybe they're emailing them like on the down low, and maybe asking, "Hey, you know, maybe you think you could ask for your release." And obviously, some of them got it, some of them didn't. It was a little harder for I think it was Andrade to get it, but you know they all got it. So, I mean, if if that's the case, yeah, going try and get him, try and get Okada if you can. But I mean, Okada, he's always been linked to Omega. So again, it's all about morale. It's all about who you know. I don't think Okada would go to WWE. Vince is fucking ruthless. You'll steal anyone from anywhere. But I feel like it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. He just kind of observes everything, and he'll just kind of laugh. And you'll be like, yeah, you guys can go wherever the hell you want. I'm the fucking chairman of the biggest wrestling company in the world. I have so many things up my sleeve. So, yeah, we're probably going to see The Rock and we're probably going to see some legends. And, uh, yeah, Vince probably ain't worried. Yeah, sign him now. (laughs) It takes a hit for sure. You lose Brian and Punk. But at the same time, he's like, yeah, little setback, but we're all good. I think this is why Tony Khan missed one here. I think as soon as Brock Lesnar was out butchering and cutting up meat and fucking learning how to cut shit, that's when he should have made the offer. <laughs> that's where, that would have showed Tony Khan's not playing around. Brock, CM Punk, and Daniel Bryan. I think that would have got some people thinking up in WWE headquarters. Oh man, and if I'm if I'm if I'm CM Punk and if I'm going in there, you know you all know how much he needs to be running what he does. Like he's the guy that he makes all the ideas we saw it in his doc, but how cool will it would it be if he went up to Tony Khan and said, Hey, the only way I am coming into AEW is every if is if every single promo is unscripted, it's just straight me, it's all raw. How awesome would that be? Was that for Brock? No, for Punk. Oh, yeah, I thought that's what you were oh, saying. Yeah, for Punk, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, for Brock, no, that makes no sense. He'd be swearing. Yeah, he'd just swear. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I wrote for Brock. I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? <laughs> but, yeah, I'm taking, punk, out, I'm taking you out, bitch. That's, uh, that, that's probably the first thing, though, Punk's saying, though. He's oh, like, yeah, for sure. I was unfiltered before, but, like, this is an absolute must. I need to say what I want or I'm not coming. That's oh, probably sure. the first thing that was the- well, the I fact that he even worked for Fox, that. too. <laughs> yeah. Interesting times there. Interesting times. We'll have to wait and see how that plays out. By next week, we'll probably find out more about Daniel Bryan. CM Punk will I'll be out there. I think that rumor will be out there until around All Out next month. A few more weeks until we really find something out about there because it's in Chicago, but... Uh, anything else you guys want to add there? Boom. Nah, man. It's a good one. All right. That's episode 140. Uh, stick around for more. If you want to look back at past episodes, uh, scroll down, find one that really appeals to you. If not, we'll see you next week. <laughs>